0: Tonight's show is dedicated to liquid death. If you know anyone who has COVID or who has had COVID, really it's about staying hydrated. That means pedia life and liquid death. And I like to mix liquid death with liquid IV. And welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I spent the day listening to a lot of David McCullough Because I thought, you know, that's that's it. And most of the audio books that he did are abridged and then the unabridged ones while someone else is reading. So I thought, whoa, that's really. That's really something. There really isn't a lot for me to talk about. I mean, it is Wednesday. I've been listening to a lot of music. A lot of Led Zeppelin, a lot of, uh, well, icons. That's what it's all about, icons. And tomorrow, well, it's almost tomorrow, the legendary Buddy Guy has an announcement probably about his probably pending retirement. Buddy Guy is going to be 87 next year. I have had the good fortune to see him in concert. I'm going to see him again in September. And I am aware that this will probably be some of the final performances that he will do. And some people are probably sad and um but they need to understand <laughs> something. He's he's um he's uh 80 eighty seven year he's eighty six years old and uh my goodness what what a what a icon what a icon there's nobody else like him and uh here's buddy guy himself talking to Austin city limits
1: Man, you know, you can't beat Austin with a hammer and nail, man, you know. (laughs) Hey, I've been coming here for quite a while now, and to be honest with you, when I first was invited here, I think it was 1976, Antones was on 6th Street, and I'm like saying, not Texas, you know, because Texas, I didn't know, was ready for blues at the way the Lightning Hopkins, which came out of Houston playing. And uh, that's when the college and the white kids had, the British had introduced the blues to the world. And B.B. King was coming out of Texas, Bobby Bland, and all of them was coming out of Texas. I'm like saying, bringing me to Texas, what, what am I gonna play? And when I got here, it was a surprise to my eyes, man. This is as much a surprise as it was tonight, as people like saying, now I know what the blues is about. And it wasn't Buddy Guy. To Texas, It was here all the time, like in Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana, and it's almost the same. You know, it's just a joyful music for everybody. So, speaking of which, you're still bringing the blues to the rest of the world. Your new album, which is, I don't know, your 50th or 50-something album? Don't it, ask me. <laughs> your new album is called The Blues is Alive and Well. Yes. Why, do you suppose, the blues after all these years? What is it about the blues? Well, to be honest with you, the blues is, uh, the lyrics of the blues is an everyday fact of life, even if it have not happened to you. I'm sure you know somebody that went through some bad and good times, and if you listen to the real lyrics of a blues, some of them sang about a good time, and some of them sang about a bad time, and I had to learn that. And that's what it's all about. So if you really sit down and listen to a good blues record, it might say, uh, before my time, you left me this morning, but that's okay. I'll catch up with you with another day. And that's what the lyrics is all about. And then you might find a blues was like, uh, oh, I'm so glad I'm with you. I can't do without you. That's another way of saying I'm glad I know you, you know.
0: And that's Buddy Guy talking to Austin City Limits in 2019. And here we are. Probably the announcement that he's going to make is that it's it's coming to a close. It's coming to a close. And that's understandable. I mean, if you look at the long career that he has had. Ah, this this is perfect. This is from PBS. This is about 10 years ago. This is Buddy Guy. He says, blues musicians don't retire, they drop. That's true. You look at Buddy Guy, or, or I mean B.B. King. B.B. King didn't retire. B.B. King died. Here we
1: go. I still in screen wire for my mom. We didn't have running water, no, nothing. naturally we didn't have electric lights. So I would steal that and try to pull it tight enough so I could hear. And I remember my dad's friend says, uh, guy, that boy got some fingers. If he get a guitar one day, he'd probably be a good one. He got the guitar and
2: became a more than good one. Today, he owns the appropriately named Chicago Blues Club Legends keeps up a busy performing schedule. He's told the story of how he got here in a forthcoming memoir titled When
1: I Left Home. First thing I ever learned how to play yeah? was this. And guess what? I was out on the woodpile. My sisters had ran me out the house and told my mom and dad, say, I'm tired of that noise.
2: <laughs> Guy's story is tied to that of the great Chicago blues tradition. Came here in 1957, part of the Black Migration North, he joined a scene that featured the likes of Muddy Waters and Howling Wolf, extraordinary musicians and performers creating a new electrified blues Just sound.
1: In those days, the music was everywhere.
2: If you went
1: walking down 47th Street on a summer night, there was a bar here, there was a bar there. On each side of the street, the doors would open. These local guys, some of them, they did even stay around long enough to get a name. And they were sounding so good, you said, it's This must be wolf. So that was your education in a way. Oh, I learned so much from that. Trust me.
2: Guy made his name as an incendiary performer. While many musicians at the time sat down to play, Guy stood and put on a show for the crowd.
1: Well, I'm going to prove myself because everybody was sitting down, as I said earlier. I said, I'm going to stand up and somebody's going to pay attention to me. You prove yourself by getting up on stage and putting on a real show. Put it on the show, yeah. I used to lay all down, kick it with my feet, and uh, lay flat on my back and put it under me and my back and still could hit a few licks. He had some success and
2: recorded for Chess Records, the legendary recording company in Chicago. But that was both a blessing and a curse. You write in the book about coming to Chess Records and, and a sort of incredible home for the blues, but, but also a system that, that didn't work for the musicians in many ways. When
1: I first went in there, they would just put my name on a record, and I'm like saying, and they would say, well, I made you. Even the disc jockey was saying, if I play your record, I make it. you. You got to play for me free. And I did that a lot, you know. And, and, and finally, I'd say, I can't eat that. you know. And I was like real, really hungry. You felt like
2: people were taking advantage of
1: you. Well, they was.
2: <laughs> it was in the 1960s that blues became an international phenomenon as white rock and rollers, many from England, took up and popularized the music. Here you are with Eric Clapton. Yeah. David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah. Your world, your world at that point sort of opened up to start playing with all kinds of,
1: uh, well, rock and roll musicians, huh? We didn't have rock. Everything was an R&B player. It's still M-U-S-I-C, regardless of how you... M-U-S-I-C, it's yeah, all music. It's all music. She the nerve
0: to put me out.
2: The rock stars borrowed the style. Many publicly acknowledged the influence of Buddy Guy and others and made lots more
1: money. But Guy says it was a win-win. Somebody gets out, there that, make more money in one night than I do in 10 years. They did me a favor. They did all of us a favor. The Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton, and people like that here, Bike and Tina Turner, B.B. King, and myself. They came back in and told the white audience who we were because a lot, a lot of white people weren't listening to no blues 50 years ago. These days, Guy is focused on keeping that
2: tradition alive, and that's where the club comes in.
0: And so I wanted to pull away because. Tomorrow's announcement is almost here and like I said, it's it's been a it's been a good run. Uh when I saw Buddy Guy in concert, he said he'd been working for eighty years because you know he's working in the family field with his family and then he's been a musician. Hasn't ever stopped working. And there's a really great um documentary about Buddy Guy. Called Buddy Guy, the blues chase the blues away, released in twenty twenty one, and it's uh well it captures Buddy Guy. You know who uh, transcended his early years sharecropping in the nineteen forties Louisiana to become one of the most one of music's most influential guitarists. He knew Hendrix, he knew Clapton. He knew Muddy Waters, he knew Howlin' Wolf, he knew Little Walter, he knew Junior Wells. I mean, he's played with just about everybody. So much so that when he played with the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards gave him the guitar and said, It's yours. Yeah. That says a lot. That says a lot about musicians giving back to those who influenced them. And so I wanted to just take this time out tonight on the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. Yes, because music is cinematic. I will always say that. Um, And the blues, I mean, you think of all this music that we listen to, it all started with the blues. And whenever I say the blues, people think of the juke joint and the color purple. Yeah, that's the blues. That's the blues. It started out in the backyards and it started out in the juke joints. In the middle of nowhere, people would go, listen to those songs, and just, you know, release, release that day, release the day at hand. And, um, oh my god, now I gotta go watch Color Purple. (laughs) As always, unpleasant dreams, and may tomorrow be a very interesting announcement, buddy guy.